thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of A Name Tag is Necessary. I'm your host and MC Name Tag Alexander. The website is nametagalexander.com and also leadingbelegendary.net. Be sure to go there, check out the music by yours truly, of course. And also be sure to grab some merch. I got the work, win, repeat hoodies available. Um, we got the mugs for A Name Tag is Necessary also. But fuck all that. We about to get right into it. We got a very, very, very special guest that's on this show. This guest that I have on is a active and consistent journalist from out of Flint, Michigan. You can go right now and check out their post discussion from uh, Breed and Bootleg, uh, Flint Rap Legends, which is right now available on YouTube. I was checking, I didn't get a chance to see the entire thing. However, I did catch about 10 to 15 minutes of it. I definitely want to see the documentary. Um, this guest here has featured a lot of my music, a lot of my music on our music blog, The Dope Show. And this uh, this had been going on since, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe 20 back as far as 2011, 2012? Mm-hmm. Or is yeah. it further than that? I'm about right? Um, honestly, wow, I want to say 2010. I don't okay. know why I'm thinking 2010, but yeah. 2010 was the name is Tag album. So mm, you probably oh. right. Probably yeah. right. Yeah, because that's what I noticed. Yeah, matter of fact, because 2010, around that time, that's when I ended up bumping in the nameless online and we ended up building finding he was from Flint. So yeah, that, that makes sense. That sounds about right. Anyhow, <laughs> this active and consistent journalist that I have on this show, you may see her on Twitter often. Uh, you may you may hear her voice and her opinions or tell her stories through her audio articles, which could also be found on YouTube. But you see her on social media as Tia the Writer. And that's who we have on this podcast. We have Tia Scott, aka Tia the Writer, on a name tag is necessary. I would. This is where I would drop the sound effect in with a, where you hear the applause. But let them know what's going on with you. Yeah, man, it, it feels good, man. It feels good to be on the podcast, man. Like you know, I'm one of those people. I'm not really a podcast person. <laughs> This is where but it starts, I though. This, yours, this is where the bug hits people. It's like, oh, okay, I might, <laughs> I might, I might want to start one. Now, it's funny because, like, I, you know, I told people what happened. Of course, you know, last episode, I had to, I had to can it. But since then, there was a situation that came about where someone stole, just flat out, just snatched your entire Ooh. article that you had on Breed. And if I'm not mistaken, this was connected to Hip Hop DX. Am I right or am I wrong in that? He actually, um, he's like, I guess, a contributor to Hip Hop okay. DX, but okay. he didn't post that on Hip Hop DX, um, thankfully, because I, I really like Hip Hop DX. Yeah, so, I'm like, um, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I put up, I actually put up a remembrance piece for mm-hmm. Bree, um on November 22nd. It was on Flint Side. I write for right. a, a publication called Flint Side. Okay. And so... Um, you know, Breed's been gone for 12 years. Yeah. Um, I ride for my Flint Legend. people. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill this article because um, like, I really respect Breed. Um, I got a chance to be in the same facility as him when he was like, you know, going kind of back and forth from Atlanta to Flint. So mm-hmm. you know, I felt that energy from him like he was a cool cat. Um, I messed with Bootleg. I know Bootleg, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I've met him. And so I'm like, okay, I really did my thing with this piece. And this guy just like, Matter of fact, let me not even, you know, enter the guy, but um, I was looking for a picture for the breed and bootleg documentary. So mm-hmm. I, you know, was doing my Googles and I 
seen an article pop up with a picture that of Bree that I had to actually, actually my flip side editor had to ask permission for to use on okay. the website. I was like, wow, I wonder who has this picture? That's crazy. Click yeah. on the link. It's my article word for word. Whole thing. And I'm like, my whole thing, like including Yo. quotes that I've interviewed people with, like those quotes are in there. I'm like, wow, like he ain't he cleared the source or nothing. He just flat out like, like this is all me. Is wow. by him. It was just like, yeah, like that's insane. So I was like, wow. So I actually contacted um the website, you know, uh, like, hey, um, I, this is my article. I really wish you would just, you know, kind of take it down because you know it's plagiarized. I I emailed them. Yeah. Um, the email bounced back. I'm like, okay, I found their Facebook. I hit them on Facebook. The um, owner of the website was like, oh, wow, like I'm going to contact the author and you know, we're going to get this straight, yeah. straight up. Like, cool. So they hit me back. They said, we're taking it down um, mm. on our end. Um, but if you write something different from yours, we're going to post it again. I'm like, no problem. Right. So they took it down. Everything was all good. I did another Google search. Two more articles. My articles Same popped up one. on two different sources. Yeah. Wow. Um, this time it was kind of shortened up. Uh, um it didn't include like the quotes that i had so i'm yeah. like oh he knows what he's doing he he's silly <laughs> yeah if i take right. it out they ain't gonna think hey, man that's crazy right so i contacted him like hey man could you remove that and he said um what did he say he said look i was just trying to get your article free promotion and i'm like how oh, like you, but without you your name include my name yeah right and um <laughs> I was like, no, I, said, I really would appreciate it if you would take it down. And he sent a bunch of like laughing emojis in my what? DMs. Stuff like, like, I'm not taking it down. I'm like, wow, um, you should be grateful that I even posted it so more people can see your work. And I'm like, bro, you got like 17 likes on your picture. Like, that's not really helping me. But anyway. Dude, like the internet's um, full of weirdos. Bro. Like, <laughs> right. Like, duh. And so I told myself, you know what, if he doesn't take it down by tomorrow, I'm going on Twitter and I'm just letting loose. Let loose. I'm going to let the chopper thing. And that's what happened. I didn't bash him. I didn't call him any names. I didn't even put his name out there. I just like put his, the link to the article yeah. that where it was posted, which just so happens to be his personal website. And um, Twitter... Twitter fam started riding for me. They started riding for me. <laughs> I saw a few of the retweets like this. My man's like here. Yeah, he works with such. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah. So Dirty. you know, I'm pretty sure that kind of messed up his ties with Hip Hop DX. Mm -hmm. um, and anywhere yeah. else that he probably had chances of being able to write for. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, you know, I ran a plagiarism check on a couple other articles he had on his site, and they were also plagiarized, but from other sources. So you know, it's. It's a sad part of the game. Yeah. Um, but it just it, it makes me want to just copyright, you know, just get mm -hmm. my copyright in order so this yeah, doesn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So when speaking of which, like I say, it's the you know, you did the you got the post discussion that's posted online right now. You can find it on YouTube for those of y'all listening. Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can obviously immediately after this go check it out. Or if you want to pause this and go check it out, that's fine as well. But um did the post discussion on the the breed and the uh the uh, bootleg the flint rap legends now is this documentary like i said i didn't get a chance to watch the entire uh post discussion but is this documentary already out or is it yes okay it's um actually showing um on detroit's uh freak film festival's website okay so okay. it's actually 
actually, um, I believe they sell passes for the festival to where you can view every movie. Yeah. Um, or you can just purchase like an $8 ticket to watch the okay. Green and Blue Light documentary. Okay. So. Yeah, I might have to check yeah. that out, man. Because I, I saw the, the trailer for it and I was like, wow, okay. You know, obviously being from, to me, being from Detroit and, and hearing Breed music at the time, it's connected. By the time, I remember the the singles, the Ain't No Future in Your Front. Uh, when mm-hmm. I, now, funny thing is when I first got introduced to his music, I'm a kid, was uh, the Get Yours joint with him and Pac. So mm-hmm. it's like, wow. And then I heard Ain't No Future in Your Front after. You know what I'm ah, saying? So then yeah. fast forward years later, I'm just going based off what radio is pushing in front of me. So years later, it's like, oh, snap, he connected with Slum. You know what I'm saying? He had to join mm-hmm. with them. And then it was, uh, so it was like, uh, um, the let's go to the club. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that connect, I was like, man, I, I'm gonna have to check this out. But other than that, you know, breed a legend, man. So yeah, yeah, that's that's real dope. How did that come about with you being able to get, you know, the uh, post discussion? Um, Yeah. It was just all through connections. Um, after I wrote the piece about MC Breed, um, well, actually, I I interviewed the director of the documentary, okay. and I got a quote for the MC Breed article that I wrote. Right. And right. so from there, um, she asked me. Well, actually, she. <laughs> how did that come about? Detroit Free Press, the film festival, they reached out to me and said, "Hey, like we really liked the article that you did on MC Breed." Um, would you like to moderate a discussion, um, you know, after the article, not the article, after the documentary airs? And I'm like, yes, like, definitely. So um, that opportunity came from me writing the MC Breed piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, super dope. Yeah. Super dope. Well, we got mm-hmm. you here. I, I sent you some questions, you know, just, just yeah. the, pretty much the structure of the podcast, revised yours a little bit, yeah. you know, try to make it a little bit different since, you know, we had our situation with the last episode so I'm like, okay let me just try to switch it up just a tad bit so we're gonna start out with this one the 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 uh i guess i would call this one the the the, the uh the bronze question for the most part because it's not the one that's really as tough as the others to me per se but if you had the opportunity to run a fantasy record label you got a million dollars in the budget well not a million but millions of dollars in the budget what five artists do you have on your roster and what three producers do you have on a roster? Five artists. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. I feel like I remember some of what you had said the first time around. God, I hate that yeah. episode. <laughs> Dang it, man. <laughs> that was such a smallish episode. I, I really like that. Um, but my five artists would be Kendrick Lamar, okay. Kendrick Lamar, Denzel Curry, Anderson Pack. Okay. Her, the artist okay. Her, That's and four. Jay Electronica. All right. Okay. I think yes. that might have been, yeah, I think, I feel like that was the same from before. Okay. So you remembered that. All right. Dope. Yes. Dope. Now, what about the three producers, though? <laughs> oh, the three producers. I know I said Missy because okay. I love Missy's production sound. Um, oh, uh, yay. Kanye. Okay. Uh, Kanye's production. And- Which year, yay? You know, we got. <laughs> Or just ooh, you know what? Like side note, I've been on a Yeezus kick. I know that sounds really crazy to say, but Yeezus like I've been listening to Yeezus. That was what twenty thirteen. <laughs> like, so that might have been like ahead of his. Uh, to me, I look at the Yeezus album like how I look at Common's Electric Circus in a way. 
Mm. Electric Circus came out and it was some joints on there. And people looked yeah. at it like, ah, oh, this ain't it because it wasn't uh it wasn't like water for chocolate. Because exactly. if I'm not mistaken, that came out, that was the album that was after Light Water for Chocolate. So mm-hmm. that album did what it did. It, it was so held in high regard that when he did Electric Circus and people saw that he was going left, it's like, oh man, what is he doing? And then he had to bounce yeah. back and come with B. But Electric Circus had some joints in there. And in a way, if you go back and listen to Yeezus, there's some joints in there. It was kind of like, I see what you was doing, yay. I see what you was yeah. doing. Yeah. And I think what it was, people just wanted him to continue to deliver what because this was that was the one that was after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy so people wanted mm-hmm. him to still deliver that and it's like no you know every album he giving y'all something different so something different let that live and in its own land and that to me that's what Jesus was yeah. definitely i love when producers just experiment mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i can't even pick an error to where i'm like well i want 2007 yay like no nah, i want whatever the hell is on yay you know he give you some solid production at the end of the day minus we always look at the antics but minus all that like he still can give you some quality production at the end of the day so you say yeez you say uh i, I was about to say yeezus you say yay <laughs> Uh, Missy, yep, yay. And our third Missy, and I want to say, Oh, I have to do another producer. I can't even think. I know that I would have Timbaland come and put the drums on okay. all of this production from Missy and Kanye, and I would have Dr. Dre mix everything that's because that's stellar. Every <laughs> right? episode, might throw a cheat code in there, like. <laughs> Man, yo, funny story about Dre, man. I got the witness Dre mix a song in the studio. What is that? And like, like what the, the the time frame of it? Like, what is because <laughs> he a perfectionist <laughs> with it, from what I understand. So he's man. definitely a perfectionist. But before he could even get to the perfectionism part, um, he just has an ear. And I know uh, we say that a lot about, you know, certain producers, yeah. but like, nah, it's certain people that can just he hear way more, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, the artist that he was working with had a song. It was a single, it was featuring Anderson Pack, right? Okay. And very dope song. We had been bumping this song for probably like six weeks, uh-huh. <laughs> low key. And it was time for Dre mix it so we're all in the studio and the first thing he say when he puts his headphones on and he looks for like five seconds he's like y'all didn't know this uh this beat had a guitar in it and we were like nobody nah. heard it nobody heard a guitar we Whoa. were listening to this in the house <laughs> and in a car and headphones and yeah. all this he was just like y'all don't hear that guitar in the back we all like no he looked at the artist he's uh-huh. like no bro <laughs> like, no, I didn't know a guitar was in this beat <laughs> right and so he hit one button on this big switchboard you know uh-huh. all the buttons he hit one button and we heard that guitar he eliminated oh so to where he dropped out all, all the other tracks and it just was that one specific track with the that's yep. crazy and then wow. he brought it up and it just changed the whole song and i'm like get get out of here wow <laughs> like how see, do you hear that, that firsthand like you know i always see it on tv and i hear people talk about stuff like that but hearing something that's crazy Woo! like wow it made me want to listen it's to beats. Maybe want to listen to beats just looking like this now. I just <laughs> make sure I hear everything. You know, y'all don't hear that? Right. <laughs> hey, that's yeah, that's a different level right. of genes with that type of ear. That's crazy. Yeah. So okay, I, you might as well just say Dre is three if that's the case. <laughs> so, yeah, Dre, let's yeah. get it. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the one that I switched up on you a little bit. Normally, I'll say it could be from any genre, 
but what are your three classic go-to R&B albums? However, you have to have one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and one from, let's say, ranging anywhere from 2000 or whatever, 2015. Wow, that's, that's a wild question. Let's go. I love you. Oh, let me um, switch this one up. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yep. okay so from an R&B um, album from the 80s, mm-hmm. um, ooh, I want to say as far as like my personal favorite, mm-hmm. Guy. Okay. The, like Guy's the, first album. Yeah, but you know what? That wasn't was the 80s. 80s. Right? I don't know. I think it was. It was. The second one was like night. Let me pull up Apple Music because the first one, um, <laughs> right here live on the podcast. Uh, the first <laughs> one was nineteen eighty because that first one they was able to tour a New Edition. Right. And I'm listening to this podcast right now that Taraji P Henson is hosting, and she was she's talking about that, and it was like I, I apparently there was a beef. Between it became a beef between their crew and New Edition's uh, entourage, I guess, while they were touring on uh, with them in the '80s. But I think you're right, guy. Well, you said it might have been in the '90s, but nah, I think um, Guy's first album was was in the '80s. Uh, it was the def- yeah '88. Oh, yep, eighty. Yep. yep, that's the one album cover. Uh, uh, three of them standing there. Yeah, it was yeah. like the color yeah. guy reading the cover, and the second one was the future that dropped in in 1990. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the first album just, had Groove Me, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. First one was a classic. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely Jam. classic. Teddy Jam. Peace of my love. Me. Peace of my love. <laughs> I like. Yeah. Man. Spend the night. Goodbye, with, love. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, that's a solid one. So, that's one from the 80s. What about from the 90s? Um, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar album. Mm, okay. Flawless. Okay. Yes. All right. Um... That 2000 era is where it get a little tricky. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 2000. R&B. Ooh, and I was listening to a lot of R&B. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's so much. I should have, I, I guess I'll narrow it down from 2000 to 2010. That ain't fair to go so, oh. up until 2015. Because that's adding that's a, an extra five. So <laughs> I'm thinking, I know I know one, but I'm, I'm wondering if you're going to say it. Cause we we saying a classic, right? So yeah, classic. classic anywhere ranging classic from two thousand to twenty ten. That's you said which one? Usher's Confessions. Okay, there album. it is. Okay, cause that that's what I was thinking when I said I I know which one. <laughs> cause remember the key word was classic, and that album was like shook the world. Like he Yo. he went so hard with that album, and it don't make no sense. Like okay. I had to think on a on a more cause clearly it's a personal classic album right to yourself but because in my mind i'm thinking like when i wrote the question i'm like i know voodoo i know voodoo but i'm like was voodoo 99 or was it 2000 but then i was like what else what else what else and immediately i was like confessions confessions clearly confessions like what was that 0304 so yeah r&b you not okay you nailed that one i thought that was gonna be one that that froze you up a little bit like all right i got let me think so okay all right Yo, I'm looking like when did Voodoo come out? 2000. Might have been 99. Oh. It was, I think it was 2000. This is why yeah. this is why I got Google right here in front of me. I just looked it up on title. It says uh January 11, 2000. Okay, mm. so right at the top of the year, they came yep. with it. All right, so Ooh. let me see. Okay, you breeze right through that one. All right. Okay, so <laughs> now this is the one that usually jam people up a little bit. 
All right, before we continue, this is for all the independent music artists across the board. That's from the songwriters, the producers, the publishers, on down to the recording artists. I need y'all to tap in. This will be real quick. If you plan on continuing to pursue or start pursuing a career in music, if you haven't done so already, you definitely need to get familiar with the inner workings of the business handled outside of the creative process. A lack of knowledge on the administrative end, that can lead to you being lost out here in the oversaturated music industry. But you can avoid being lost by tapping into getting the necessary resources brought to you by the College of Hip Hop. They have artist ownership tools to help you navigate the music business. Now there's two artist ownership bundles. The artist ownership bundle one, it includes four video lessons to assist the artists in owning the rights to their musical works, along with a PDF to visit the website locations taught in the lessons that include basic copyrights, publishing, and encoding. Now artist ownership bundle two, it includes three video lessons that assist the artists in owning the rights to their musical works along with the resource guide to visit the website locations taught in those lessons that include the articles of incorporation, ISRC encoding, and basic trademark. You can access both bundles by clicking on the links I've included in the description of this episode. Now let's continue with the show. If you were told you had to make a playlist of six songs that are absolutely flawless, however, these are songs that you're gonna have to listen to. You can only listen to these six songs for the next six months. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds of Blackness, Optimistic. Oh yeah, number one. Go to. Yeah. Um. Ooh, Jay Z's feeling it. Mm. Jay Z's feeling it. I just, I just really feel like on a on a calm, breezy day, yeah. I need to throw that on. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, let's see. LTD's Love Ballad. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Um, Kendrick's Cartoons and Serial. <laughs> Yo, had gunplay on that joint. Who snapped? Yo, dope. Um, yeah, with that. Uh Prince. I want to be your lover. Okay. Yeah, one of my best, one of my favorite Prince songs. Um, and the times get it up. Yeah. You know, since we're talking about you know the little Minneapolis sound. What's so and... dope about what well, I might? I think you. Oh no, that was five. That was five. We'll get it up. Um, oh, um, I remember <laughs> I said Benny the Butcher, five to fifty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's a whole that throws the shift. You went from Minneapolis and took it all the way to Buffalo, like <laughs> Buffalo, New York, <laughs> like, on some grimy hip hop, too. <laughs> right. That's crazy. But yeah, the thing about the uh, the Prince joint, like I want to be a lover that uh. I remember the first time like I recognized that there was an extended version of that track. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I always I had one on CD and it was always just like the uh dang on mic almost fell. It was always just oh. like the regular version of the song until one mm-hmm. day I'm just in the car and they planted this was around matter of fact around the time he passed. So I'm riding mm-hmm. around, I'm like, this song ain't went off yet. Like did, did the DJ <laughs> play something that I missed? It just playing. I'm like, oh snap. So I go, I check. Uh, at the time, he he wasn't on spot. I had title at the time, so I go in there. Mm-hmm. I look at my title. And this is literally a version on there that's like the the uh, the twelve inch version. They got like the regular joint on there and the extended version. I say mm-hmm. okay, I'm like man, but I let it play because it just was like that that last joint, man. It was like okay, like all right. It was about like six, maybe seven minutes, if that. Yeah. Another Yo, joint. <laughs> a, another joint too. 
is uh it's like Prince, of course, but he had his he had his I believe he had his didn't he have some connection to Charlemagne, the group? I'm not sure. I feel hmm. like he did. I had to look that up. I don't I don't I don't throw out false info, but I feel like he did. Um, and maybe it's just because this was during that time in the eighties where everybody that uh, androzin uh, what is it androzinistic uh, style <laughs> of fashion. <laughs> so, um, and it's like they made. I was just telling my brother this. I was like, "Yo, I didn't know that that was them that made a night to remember," and mm-hmm. I did not know that that was them that made for the lover. And you know, you just hear certain songs. Well, I like that song. Yeah. You, know, you think like to look up who made. You just know you like the song. Just happened yeah. to me. Just listen to it on Apple Music. I'm like, man. That's Charlemagne, like man, a night to remember. That yeah, just because yeah. one because one day I'm gonna drop my list of uh six flawless songs that I will make a playlist out of, and it, it's probably making its way up there. I know for mm. a fact that uh Ain't Nobody by Rufus and Shaka Khan is on there, like period. Ooh, I love that song. It is no <laughs> rearrangement, it's up there, period. And I want to say the live version too, but definitely mm. um a night to remember by Charlemagne makes that list. I might when I drop mine, I might have to add like an extra six or something because it's it's just <laughs> That's not fair, but you know. I'm, I'm a sucker for like 80s <laughs> RB. Like like 90s was the oh, era that I grew up in and they got the jam, they got mm-hmm. the classes, but something about the 80s, like that era. And and I jokingly say, like, what was it about? Like me and me and a couple of homies, we all joking like, man, I think the the uh the popular drug of choice during those era is what had a lot to do with the greatness of some of the songs. I feel like in that era of the 80s, whatever cocaine was around during that time must have been so potent because it's a different vibe like on this 80s R&B that's like, yo, like it's just. It's definitely the drugs, but I think it's also because a lot of the artists that we kind of look up to from that era were Uh, grown. You know what I'm saying? They were mm -hmm. grown. Like Anita Baker was a grown ass woman, Regina Bell. You know, like uh, Karen White, Stephanie Mills, they were grown. Sweet Love um, came out in the 80s. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that whole Rapture album, like, like yeah, man. Yeah, you know, and Luther Vandross, these are, they made songs that people still get married to to this mm-hmm. day. I have a homeboy, he, he's going to dance to Anita Baker's Angel when he's on his first yeah, dance. Even if we go back know? to uh, the Charlemagne joint, like both them songs I, I mentioned are talking about like love and uh, the father loving you. They talking about uh, this ring or whatever. So I'm like, yeah wow like you don't get that with r&b today and that's not a, like a diss to the r&b today but it's honestly like i listen to a lot of the r&b now and that's not all of the r&b male artists or all of the women r&b artists but it's like on one end with a lot of the newer r&b it feel like the men don't really like women and and it's like on the other like end, the it's like don't really, y'all don't really like the men. It's like it's just a it's yeah. just is a is a lot of heartbreak, or if it ain't heartbreak, it's just like some 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 savage action. This is going on on both ends. Yeah. It's like the vibe is dope. It's like man, this this hit this hit hard. But when you right. really listen to what they be saying, it's like, right, man, I'm too grown to like really just be feeling like like that's yeah. that's. Even in high yeah. school, we weren't knowing it like that. It was like, come on, man. Like, yo, where's the, yeah. what happened? Where's the love at? Like, that's, that's missing. That, like, we, like, think about it. Like, think about it. And it'd be songs on the radio right now that still kind of be censored. And this is regular mm-hmm. R&B, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the beats be hitting. <laughs> the beats are yeah, good. Beats that whole <laughs> trap soul style that came into play, like, once Bryson Tiller hit with Don't, and then it mm-hmm. just, like, out of there with that type of sound is dope. I like that. 
But when I really I listen to the lyrics, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, nah, man, this ain't it. Like, what are y'all talking yeah, about? Like, y'all, y'all are hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. really? Like, wow. I don't want, like, I don't care how pretty somebody's voice is. Like, Summer Walker, that girl can sing. She could sing her ass off, but mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about niggas ain't it's shit. Just, I don't the want the lyrics to just be like, your voice for that, you know? Now, one joint that I do rock with her heavy is, is have you heard Grave? Yo, grave is like I love grave. <laughs> grave is fired. <laughs> like, that's, that's a guilty that joint, I, like, This is cool. I can listen. This is just, but like you say, this is like the main thing. Like yo, you think I ain't shit? I'm a savage. Everybody a savage now. Like when did yeah. that? I don't blame Rihanna, but it's funny because the other day I'm laying one of my playlists because I got a lot of playlists. It's a gang of them. When I'm cook and um needed me came on. You know, mm-hmm. and she said, didn't I tell you that I was a savage? I said, is this when it happened? Is this when it I happened? I think it did. That? Definitely. After that, everybody just like, I'm savage. No, 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 no. From men to women, like everybody's just, mm-hmm. oh, this is this savage is the thing to be. And this is how it's going to be in these songs. And we don't got love for each other. But hey, look, I, I be <laughs> with you though. But it, it, right. it's weird. This is a weird vibe. But the, the beats are good though. The beats are yeah. definitely good. Things are great, but that's what separated, you know, uh, this era from the 80s. That and I I love 80s RB. Um, it was very vulnerable, and like I Mm -hmm. said, it was just it was grown and from the inside out. The industry was full of really grown people that was just trying to take care of their business. Um, you wouldn't hear a lot of faulty deals kind of happening back then. There was going (laughs) on, but it's just like you just ain't really hear about them, right? You know, maybe because news travels so slow. Like you know, the right. slowly but surely, two thousands era up until now, especially now, like hell, we just had Kanye drop a whole contract on Twitter, like in a PDF file. Right. So it's different now. <laughs> it's just like news just travel a little differently now. But them shady mm-hmm. contracts was out there. They was like, hell. We saw Cadillac <laughs> Records. You know, we we saw was very true. Um, I'm trying to think of another. Oh, even with the '90s, like the music was more like it, it was it was kind of vulnerable still. To an extent, yeah, we had Jodeci, and Jodeci wasn't talking about fucking girls. They they was on their knees begging, <laughs> baby. It, it, I'm was, begging. it was a little bit of both. With the <laughs> see, my whole thing is they didn't project that in their singles. Mm-hmm. It was some savage shit on some some, <laughs> <It was laughs> some album. album. Yeah, um, but they still presented it like you know they they were for the ladies. Like you know? even with uh the soul for real joint, Candy Rain. Like you really listen to the lyrics. Like dude, that was singing the lead singer had to be like what fourteen? Have you one yeah. so much you thought you'd die? Like come on, man, you fourteen, fam. Like but still, it was a sense of like vulnerability there that's just different compared to the music now. So it is. Yeah. It's perfect. You, when you think about it, because it's so sweet, it's it's deep lyricism, but it's still sweet mm-hmm. because of the voice. Michael Jackson, who's loving you? Like, yeah. who are you oh, nine? Man. You, you ain't about... going through that. Like, <laughs> you know, like who wrote? I don't know if Smokey wrote that, and I forget who who wrote <laughs> that one specifically. But you know, at the time, Smokey Robinson was writing like so many Motown tracks, him and a team of other people. But mm-hmm. well, who wrote this? I'm gonna look that up because, like, what y'all, man? He was going it's through. It. <laughs> he was nine years old. <laughs> like, anyway, bro, who, broke your heart like what you talking about <laughs> but that Lord. that which brings me to my next question that's perfect that you said that you mentioned michael jackson right so mm-hmm. this is a question that i that i presented swiss beats or timbaland approach you about being responsible for playing michael jackson's music against prince in the verses he mm-hmm. selects you specifically 
what are the first five songs that you jump out the gate with? Ooh, for Prince versus Michael Jackson? You you Jeez. handling Michael Jackson's music. Oh, I'm handling Mike. Mm -hmm. Oh, this you is just gotta assume, because I'm a Prince head. That's, <laughs> um, see, oh you gotta assume, you know, Prince is unloaded. I just went random with it too, because at first I was gonna say Prince, but I'm like, that's not easy. But at the same time, it's like Michael Jackson got a catalog where we joke and say like he oh, literally man. got hits from when he was brown skin and he literally got hits from when he, when he bleached his skin. So it's almost like you, it's really tough. Like You got to think about you going against Prince, like somebody who played all these instruments, wrote all these songs, wrote for other people. And here we got right. Michael Jackson. It's like, it, it's going to be a tough five. It seemed yeah, like it's easy. But I feel like <laughs> out the gate, mm, I would do for Mike, and this is five, not in any particular order. I'm wondering but, if you're um, going to say the one I'm thinking off top. You are not alone. Um, I would do bad okay. because it's Mike. That's one of his biggest hits. Um, oh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Bailey Jean. Okay. And oh, that's crazy because he got so many hits from so mm. many errors. Yeah, hits like, as both races. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. He was still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that on Twitter. I was like, yo, this is hilarious. They was like, because they put him against himself in the verses and it was like but it was it was dope though seeing that like yo that's crazy like he really once he came out as a different you know obviously whatever he you know he bleached his skin or whatever as they said he did but he had mm -hmm. from bad on down and even beforehand up until like we talking about from the 70s like from his solo mm -hmm. career up until like that's uh, crazy it's ridiculous yep. but I, I got one. three though i got um i think you got four let me see bad you are not alone, Billy Jean, and I believe I just said, uh, oh no, I think I just had those. I might have been three then. So bad, you are not alone, Billy Jean. Yep, and um, oh, it's like the music lover in me want to put jam on there just because I love jam. Yeah, I, I like love the video for jam. Shit, <laughs> that was my dream. <laughs> Jim was like that was kind of lit when I was a kid. Like, yo, he know Michael Jordan. Yo, he yeah. know his ED. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, jam, yeah. jam. Here come the man, hot damn. To be <laughs> Why do I still remember that? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember the time, and I would probably okay. bust that as number one, low key. But, okay. Um, and uh, that's four. Yo, Mike. And I'm just going off of what I'll just be in the mood for for mm -hmm. Mike, though, even though I should be thinking about just his hits. But um, I don't want to say black or white at all. You know what? I'm just going to say my, my personal favorite, which is Butterfly. Oh, oh man. Come on. Ooh. Now, okay. You probably going to lose. Like <laughs> these five against <laughs> Prince. And this is, <laughs> you didn't see that coming. This is why I say that because this is Prince and you're a Prince fan. <laughs> you're a Prince fan. Right. And he's your five. Against Prince, look, this is what I'm rolling with. Prince to win, you see? I'm you rolling see? with, the, oh, you rigged it. Okay, so I'm rolling <laughs> with. So with when I thought about this question, I literally start thinking, I was like, I don't want to be biased and, and pick just my favorites. But if we talk about against Prince, I immediately went to Thriller 
and went with Baby Be Mine. Ooh. I went with Baby Be Mine. Of not not the the hit hits off Thriller, but I went with well, I think Baby Be Mine was number two off Thriller. I went with that mm-hmm. one off the gate. Okay. Butterflies, I got that in there. Um, okay. I cheated and went to the era with the Jacksons, and I put This Place Hotel. Okay. That okay. one. Okay. Um. I had Billy Jean. That's four. And Dirty Diana. Yep. Dirty Diana. Then was my five. Why didn't we both say smooth criminal? Because because in my mind I'm thinking Prince. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you got somebody who probably gonna go into his 70s bag, 80s bag. Something like, yeah, Michael J- bad era. He got some joints, but I'm like, this Prince we talking about. So I was just like, just switch it up a little bit in them first five. So, yeah. Like, realistically, and, you know, we're just talking right now, but I really feel like Prince will win. That's, see, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I think Prince will have it. But I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm imagining how it would be you know how the verses are set up. You got the comments coming in. I, I can see so many Mike fans. Now, granted, I, obviously, you know, we we both came up on Mike. So, yeah, we rock with them joints, too. But at the same time, I got into Prince catalog a little later, and it was like, yo, like, yo, what's going to happen if somebody let off? She's she's uh, always in my hair. Like, what can you do with that? What you going to do with Baby, I'm a star? What you going to do? It's like Purple Rain alone. It's like heat. He different, man. What are we doing? Come on. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Even his B cuts. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh Lady Ooh. Cab Driver. Uh Yo, what are we doing? <laughs> what's another one? Um so Lady um, Cab Driver. Um yeah. 1999 is cool. It's dope, but it's just like that ain't my go-to. That ain't right. never really my go-to. I'm going you know, for diamonds and pearls. Into, like, diamonds and pearls is amazing. Man. Such an amazing song. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was Martha Wash. I think it was Martha Wash who did the vocals. Like she killed it. And you know, Martha also did the mm-hmm. "Gonna Make You Sweat," which she sung her whole throat out on. Yeah, I'd even <laughs> throw a. I'd even throw "Get Off" in there. Yeah, I'll throw that one in there. I thought that I always thought that joint was hard. That <laughs> was like, dope. Yep. Yo, my mom used to play. Uh, well, she shouldn't have been playing this in front of us, but hey, Prince was that man. She would be playing like Cream and oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. MF and all the way that. The that song like, was structured though, it just didn't seem like it was that type of song. It was like because my really? shout out to my sister, my sister in law, uh, her tent, she would always like play Prince around us. And like as kids, we just you know, we think, oh, it's Prince, you know, we mimicking the songs and stuff. And then you get older and you listen, like. Nah, we weren't supposed to be listening to that at all. Like we <laughs> not, not at, at all. all. <laughs> but um, oh, I would even fast forward ahead. We just forgot all about Mike. We was like, what five joints with Mike? It was like, all right, we got that out of the way. But Prince, oh, this nigga. Right. But um, I would even jump ahead and go off of the uh, musicology album and go with Call My Name and the Marion yeah. Kind. Yeah. The Marion Kind was a sleeper. That should have been a single, but whatever. They ran with Call My Name, which was cool. And the musicology single itself, which I didn't like. Um, the title track, but the call my name was fire, and it was fire. Later down fire. in there, it was a. The, I, I'm on a, Am I right about it? Was it the Marion kind? I hate. I don't want to play nothing on here because I know I don't trust. 
uh, YouTube and, and these platforms. We heard three seconds of Prince snatch it down, but yeah, it, man, he got some joints. It, it if they were yeah. alive and and he was able to and they were able to tap into the because I'm I feel like if Michael Jackson were alive and. A, if Michael Jackson was alive, we probably wouldn't be going through a pandemic. For some reason, I feel like if he or Prince was alive, this wouldn't happen. Like the world certain people was like it just provided balance and we wouldn't have been going through this. But had that been the case, if they were around and the verses took place, I think I'd see Mike doing it. Like just him. I mean, yeah, he would. Yeah. Mike I see Prince not doing it, like being above that, but I see Mike <laughs> like going ahead and like, yeah, oh, why not? You know, just sit him in a room, or whatever. It'd be mm-hmm. it'd be like the Gucci and um and Jeezy battle. They'd both be it'd be yeah. a big old throne hey. in the middle, and they both mm-hmm. on separate sides just sitting there being <laughs> super cool. But yeah, like Prince got some joints though at the end of the day. Um, another one of the questions that I had for you was um the one about this is the one that that's a little tricky because immediately people run to a label with this, but mm-hmm. what collective of music artists do you feel has left a lasting impact on the industry and the culture? It could be a record label itself. If you want to go with that, but I'm saying like a collective or just one person that spearheaded a collective of artists that this impact that we still see in the industry today and culture. Mm. I know um, the last time I said Master P. Um, Accurate, though. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I want to still roll with that. Um, Master P, man, like. That deal that he has structured is like, that's a game changer. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Super game changer. And, you know, he was, I, I keep saying um, he was one of the first independent labels to do it like a major, but I really feel like he was the first. Like, I really feel like mm-hmm. No Limit was the first independent label that we witnessed really make moves like a major label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I believe they didn't even, like, P didn't do the deal with Universal till a little bit later it on. It was later, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so, getting it out like, the trunk. Really yeah, which also, <laughs> right. even though Cash Money was doing it too early, it wasn't like P. P's deal mm-hmm. is what was the, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? And I, yeah. I forget the lady's name. Uh, no, nah, Wendy Day... Did she yeah, have something to do? With, she had something to do that, with P's deal. Not P. Uh, it was, was, was Birdman. Okay, Birdman in there. Okay, I was trying uh, to figure out which one of them it was that she had a hand in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so man, and I think Twister had another crazy deal too, where it was like unheard mm-hmm. of. So yeah. So that, but definitely Master P. So I, I would agree with that as far as that lasting impact. Every mm-hmm. any answer that we name from any of those collectives, like from the nineties no wrong answer i always roll right. the dungeon family per se because i look at the styles that happen and like who we get from that because of hell future you know right. future came out then we had a bunch of future babies but if we look right. back you could even say ti is a descendant of the dungeon family because mm-hmm. of who got him in the game uh hell whoever people the the mini three the mini andre 3000 not saying lyrically but just when it comes to that style and that just that mm-hmm. left field, so like, what is these niggas doing? But it yeah. makes sense in the grand scheme of things later on. Uh, CeeLo Green, like I always roll with Dungeon Family per se, but No Limit is is definitely an accurate answer. Hell, uh, Rockefeller, look at, you know, that's still mm-hmm. something. But for how the industry moves as far as just artists with that independent mindset, No Limit is absolutely a, a, a solid answer. So that's perfect, yeah. actually. Yep. 
Because to this day, everybody like everybody, I'm my own label. I'm my own label. Is you know so. Yeah. Right. You know, I feel like P made it cool. He made it cool to mm-hmm. you know for people not to just only feel like they can make it off a major deal. It's like, yeah. no, you don't have to go and sign your life away. You don't have to mm-hmm. go and do this. You really can do it on your own and in your home turf. Um, I just want to touch on that real quick. Mm-hmm. I hate when people be like, don't call me a local rapper and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you local. You are. Yeah. You're doing this in your city. That's not a bad that, that's thing. That's not a dirty word. That's not a bad yeah. thing. Who made that? Like, how did that come about? Who made that a bad thing? You know, like. Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like, look at it this way. Hip hop is one of those, not even one of those. It really is kind of like the only genre to where we legit care about mm-hmm. where you come from. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like when I find out people are from places like pop stars, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know you know such and such mm-hmm. was from you know Tennessee and all that. But rappers out the gate, <laughs> you need to know where they from. Even That's if you just look at uh, Griselda, like who killing the game right now, and he's like, they from where Buffalo? Like who from Buffalo? Buffalo. And you track right? by like. Rick James was the last person to pop from Buffalo, so that's like an amazing <laughs> right. thing to see. Like, yo, y'all are killing it right now. So it's almost like, even now, like when people, if you say somebody from Detroit, like they from where Detroit? Oh shit! Like it's because they know, right. like we out here, like we killing. So it's like that is important still. Like people say, like because of the internet, your region, your area is not important. It still is. Sound wise, maybe not because it's like we hear so much different stuff with music because of the internet mm-hmm. now and it's like it's so easy to access everything but it's still important like you're gonna want to know right. come down to it like where they from like who they, or yeah, where are you from if you gauge it off they sound they sound like they from the south where they from are they right. from, from new york like you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. but it still matter we want to know so yeah <laughs> that you gotta have some sense. type of source roots you know people that just feel like they can pop on the internet that's fine but when you start mm-hmm. going on these interviews let's say you go up to the breakfast club because you went viral or something and mm-hmm. a, a label signed you and you're hot and you're like, you're in these interviews like, oh, where, where are you from? And you're like, oh, I'm from like Marietta, Georgia. You ain't gonna say it Marietta don't matter. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it don't matter. Ain't that mean a lot to where you from? Like if you say where you, right. you from somewhere, like you said, Marietta, Georgia, like people marry, oh, he from here? Like, especially if you big, right. you know, blew up like, oh, that's the, he with us, he with us. I don't know if it worked yeah. that way with Bow Wow per se, because for a while, like people, you know, assumed he was from Atlanta because he was with Jermaine mm-hmm. Dupree. And then it's like when it was, oh, he's from Ohio? He is? Huh? Like, you know, maybe because he wasn't yeah. claiming it as heavy, but then he started claiming it as like a little bit heavy. So I guess it right. he does it now. Like I'm, I'm I'm from Old Town or whatever. But it's like, nah, man, we you from Atlanta. Like we we take right. you from Atlanta. Yeah. Because the we way you came out, of you somewhere. Yeah, we thought you was from the Usher too. We then you from Atlanta too. Like we think, yeah. we know you moved there, but no, nah, that's where you from. You over there. Exactly. <laughs> so. And it also, um, it could work in the uh, like the negative aspect to where you don't rep and you do kind of blow mm-hmm. up on your own. And you're like, oh, I'm from Marietta, Georgia. And they're looking like, mm, I ain't I'm never seen you here. Yeah, or he, yeah. he, he ain't my from my hood. Like, you know what I'm saying? Repping us. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't want that. It's messed up because <laughs> it's unfortunate for St. Kilo. When my parents moved around a lot, you know, in the city. So I really didn't have a certain neighborhood. Oh, okay, you ain't from my hood. Like, damn, that's kind of messed up. Right. Man. Like, can I just claim this? No, city? I, like, <laughs> like, I remember a girl on Twitter was like, I, I ain't never seen Beyonce in a third war. I'm like, damn, and this is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, Stop repping the third. I ain't never seen her in the third. I'm like, well, she Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Go see her in the damn yeah. third. 
That's crazy. <laughs> now, my last question for you would be, um, what would you contribute to the music business to improve it? Because right now it's just, it's the wild, wild <laughs> west. It's like, it's all over the place. Granted, it's easy to put out music. We know that you get it to your fans, but what would you do to improve this business? You know what? This about the only answer I did have saved. Because <laughs> it means a lot. Because <laughs> it means a lot. Because I actually, um, I just pulled that up because I, I put that in my notes. I want to put that in like my revamp book. Okay. Because um, I want to put out a book about just marketing as an independent oh. artist. But um, what I would change, or not change, but what, what I contribute to improving the music business Um it would be to simplify the contract process for artists as well as labels. You Listen, know? I just had some the other day and I was like, this, why is this this long? Why is it, <laughs> why is this contract this long? It, it doesn't why need it two pages is fine. Like it don't need to be. Right. This you know? Exactly. Exactly. And it's full of a lot of like uh, legal terms mm-hmm. that the label don't even know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what you have the majority of the time is the artists come with their lawyers and mm-hmm. the label comes with their the, their lawyers and those lawyers get together and just blah, 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 blah. You, meanwhile, the artists don't really know what's going on with the contract. The label don't really care because they right. have the contract and they just trust the lawyers. And so when the artist starts to say like, well, I don't like my contract, blah, 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 blah. Our first reaction is, well, you should have read your contract. Did you read your contract? Oh. Well, I did. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a whole lot. <laughs> Figure out. <laughs> You know, so I would simplify it. Like, um, and I think I gave you this uh, example um, before, but I remember like I was uh, witnessing an artist, um, they signed a label deal and within the label deal, it was a clause saying that they could not uh, rep their previous um, record label, okay. which was just like a makeshift, you know, independent label of just them and their homies. Right. You know what I'm saying? But now we're dealing with a legal contract. So if that artist would have, say, went around their homies and started screaming the, the, yeah. the, the previous label name, you're breaching your contract, contract. with that record. Right. Yeah. So now, if, that wasn't in plain English on that contract, though. Yeah. It was some type of legal jargon to where it probably you overlook it or your lawyers probably, like you said, the people, the lawyers on behalf of the label don't really know exactly. either. So right. should it be like, and this is me thinking of this at this very moment, you know, I would a regular job application, like, mm-hmm. shouldn't, can it look like that in a sense? Like, what's your experience? <laughs> like, what was it like, yeah. or something super simple to where you can see like, oh yeah, I get it. Clearly understood. Yeah. Like, you know. You know what, even when we go and we're like employed, like we're doing our paperwork when we get mm-hmm. a new job. Um, that orientation process is them explaining what we're signing page yeah. by page. You know what I'm they, saying? They should have that with um, record labels. Exactly. Or page just deals page. in general, whether it be a publishing deal or, or, or in this a sync deal, like something like explain it. Like like yeah. all the time, like when I uh fortunately when I get certain uh sync briefs on the table, like the one thing they say in the email is like, hey, if it's something that you need you know assistance with her you don't you just hit me if you got any questions it's like, all right mm-hmm. cool when typically i'm pretty sure in most record deal situations they don't say that it's like look all right th- you the person we want this is the deal yeah. sign it whatever you know we got you for life like you know so yeah yeah it's, 
it's sad that a lot of people have to go through that with contracts. I mean, even um, with the NBA, and it was interesting to find out that a lot, not even a lot, most of the NBA players that come in, and I think this happened after the Kobe incident, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, the rape incident, um, oh. they started, yeah, they started training the the kids that were coming in, well, not kids, but the uh, basketball players that were getting drafted into the NBA. Yeah. They were having like courses to kind of like brief them on things that would happen. Mm-hmm. Like, say a girl did accuse you of rape. This is how we would handle this. This is the protocol. Okay. Say if somebody, you know, if you did have to take a drug test and you failed it, this is the protocol. If you get a million dollars, do not spend it all in one day. This is the protocol. Um, so if they're doing that for the basketball players, so they don't get all in all this trouble. And why can't or, they do it for music? That's crazy. Thank you, because everybody is just kind of on their own. All that money in. that the artists make, y'all, and y'all just kind of out there put them out there to the wolves. Exactly. That's crazy. But think about the NBA. They're trying to retain as many players as they can so mm-hmm. they can have a lengthy career. They don't care about. You know, I'm not gonna say that the music industry doesn't care about artists but you know it's a here today but at the same time longevity is something that's not held in high regard in the music industry it's all oh it's a young man's game when really we see so many people with long lasting careers you know what i'm saying so it's like they that's something that they need to make important like we have the assumption that you come in here to have a lasting career and just use that as an exactly. example. Like you said, the NBA contract, don't spend this all here in one day. Like there's, there's protocol for this. There's protocol for that. It should be that way. But mm-hmm. I, I, it, I just thought about it. I think that's what it is. The music industry doesn't look at longevity as something that music artists have in mind. Like, and most of the time music mm-hmm. artists don't, man, I'm only here. I'm just here for the bread or, you know, I'm here to just get a couple hits yeah. and I'm out. When really, if that was put in yeah. front of them, it's like, look, we care about your career. We want this, you know, we want this to last for you. And, and this is what we could do to make that happen. So instead of just exactly. doing, draining these artists and, you know, just getting them for all of the money that they got pretty much. that mm-hmm. That's actually pretty interesting. That's something you should, you should try to flesh that out and make it go forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try. I feel like, you know, if, if the NBA can put that together, right? I mm-hmm. feel like it's no, the money, the budget is no different than the NBA and yeah. the music industry. No labels can't. Um, put aside a, a week for their artists to just learn as much as they can about the mm-hmm. business. You know, instead of them just kind of letting them come in and get the bag and go crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and then you a has been next year. You looking up somebody in Not jail, cool. somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like catching right. cases, like it's crazy. It really should be stuff put in place, like from the jump. Now, I don't know. They could be like that with some labels. We don't know. But for mm-hmm. the most part, just based off what we see that takes place in media all the time, and you hear artists having these complaints, it's like, uh, it's, in most cases, it's probably not. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a solid idea. That's the perfect way to actually close this, too. So, hey. you know, <laughs> so where can people find you at on social media? Yep, I'm um, most active on Twitter at Tia underscore the underscore writer, um, also on Instagram ibs on facebook but I, I dabble on there <laughs> yeah. most got a personal profile and whatnot but i dabble you know we we understand like the which each social media platform is for mm-hmm. like facebook is usually like maybe family and your co-workers yeah. twitter is more so like free think you know i'm here to just 
let off some thoughts real quick and be out of there. Instagram yeah. is, is is the flex platform a little bit. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Please. Please hit me on Twitter. Yeah, I'm more I'm more Twitter <laughs> friendly than I like Instagram. Is just like I just I don't know. I ain't, I'm not the selfie guy. I'm not the really. I'm active in my stories for those of y'all that that follow me and see. I post music and the stories and stuff and just what I'm into at that moment. But other than that, Twitter is for me. So I feel mm-hmm. you on that. Any any direct mm-hmm. website or or YouTube, SoundCloud, anything. Um, well, uh, my bread and butter comes from me writing bios and uh, press releases and mission statements for businesses. Um, so if you'd like to check me out there, it's a tiatherwriter.com. That's my website. Um, also, I'm building my YouTube channel at Tia the Writer. So, you know, subscribe, like, share, subscribe I to did. that. I'm a YouTuber I did. Now. You dropped the audio article. I definitely, I was like, okay, I'm out to, this is, I see what's coming from this. So I'm out to follow this real quick. I swear I'm gonna get in front of the camera one of these days, man. Go like, ahead. Go yes. ahead. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it, man. Thank you again, like for doing this. Seriously, like open invitation. Open invitation. <laughs> yep. Definitely mm-hmm. open invitation. So yeah, that that's on my mind, just the whole thing with the with the contracts and stuff. I'm like, damn, that's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a um I'm pretty sure shout out to uh, SJ from the Connected Experience, SJ and AJ from the Connected Experience. I'm pretty sure they're gonna listen to this be like, yo that is a dope idea like she should holler at us or whatever so yeah that's solid idea but again i appreciate you we we got it we got it done this time the first Daddy. time the audio was crazy i said no i'm about to use my my regular mic i'm about to run it off my laptop we're about to get this done right so i appreciate you for coming on y'all know the website name tag alexander.com leading be legendary.net stop playing check out the music get some merch and we back at it it's been another episode of a name tag is necessary Peace.